Good morning. It is Friday, October 20th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. You made it through another week. Yes, Rob. Well, before we begin this show today, can I just make an editorial comment? Please. So uh, I was looking at our our template this morning. Mm -hmm. And when I do the show, there's like two stories in each little segment because, well, I know I'm going to ramble incoherently for a while and we'll fill the time and it'll be great. Mm -hmm. When Casey does the template, which, which was today, there's 93 (laughs) stories in every segment. It, I literally got through the great Gatsby faster than I got through our first segment on today's show. Yeah, I can always tell the difference. (laughs) Yeah, Kevin could definitely tell the difference. Um, You know why I did that? Because you were at a wedding yesterday and I didn't know what sort of shape you were going to show up in today. Casey, I am here to perform as I am every single day. I am the Cal Ripken of you, talk radio. You know what I, I was doing? I, I just wanted you to have a lot to choose from. Yeah. You know, you could say, no, I don't want to talk about this. Let's skip that and move on to yeah. something else. No, you do You do so much more work than I do when you put the show together. Say, and that, say that again louder. And, and let me get the attention no, of just, all of our bosses. It's really great. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Jim Jordan. So we've all made it to Friday. Hope you're having a great week. Here's a guy who's probably not having that best of a week, right? All of his besties are saying, we don't like you. I was talking with someone yesterday about this, and they said, well, who do you want to be speaker? And I said, any person who wants to be speaker, I don't want to be speaker. And what I mean by that is, if you desperately want to be speaker of the House of Representatives right now, you are going to have to say so many things to so many people, because the Republican Party is so fractured. Like, you have... The divide here is this. The divide is the establishment wing of the party who simply does not care about debt. They do not care about deficits. They do not care about federal spending. They do not care about the growth of government. They do not care about the harm that it is having on you and your daily life. And it is business as usual. And then you have the crowd who says, this is out of control. Inflation is out of control. Mm -hmm. People can't afford houses. I had a a fascinating conversation last night at the wedding with with a lender that we'll have to talk about later. You, you think it's bad now? Get ready, Bal. Um, and we get to that later. But that it's look at all of the things that are going on and saying, we must fix this. We have the ability to fix it. We must do this. And it starts with the person calling the shot. Mm-hmm. There's no way right now, if you want this position to be able to mend these two groups together, it doesn't. Ex- and you, Casey, you know. You know how above all else, there are many things that I just dread, but having to come on these airwaves and look, few people listen. We were told nobody listens. Sometimes I think it's maybe literally just you and me having a conversation, but Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, one, like people say, or maybe 10,000, like, you know, other data might show however many people are, are listening, um, being right is my least favorite thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And I've said this sure. for several weeks now mm-hmm. that the ultimate solution in terms of solving this issue, if you actually desire to solve the issue, is going to have to come from outside the House of Representatives. Someone who does not want the job, who somehow, and I don't know how this even would work, that everybody can agree on because they don't have a track record of, a, of being offensive or saying offensive things, but is committed 
to getting the spending under control is willing to shut the government. I realize like I'm describing a unicorn right now, but I'm telling I am telling you right now yeah. that that the person in a person inside the House of Representatives simply does not exist that I believe can mold these people together. And so I believe the most likely outcome, because the Republicans are traitors and they are backstabbers, and they would, as I've said for many, many years, rather work with the Democrats than conservatives, is a group of these Republicans joining with Hakeem Jeffries. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he did get more votes than Jim Jordan, just not enough to become Speaker. And several of the original eight House Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy, they said they still have no regrets about this move. What are we on? We're on day 17, 16, 17? So it was a, it was a two, Wednesday. Wasn't it a Wednesday? So two, Wednesday would have been two weeks. Is yeah. that right? So, yeah, you're right. And uh, you've got people like John Rutherford from Florida. He's saying that uh, Jordan needs to know that there's no way forward for a speakership. However, he has said that he's still running. And then the plan to give McHenry more power, that fell through. Jim Banks, he said, uh, no, Let's, no, not, not going to extend the Speaker of the House power to McHenry. Let's talk about Jimbo for a minute, okay. shall we? Okay, sure. So, People like Jim Banks are the reason we're in the position we're in. And I heard him yesterday going home on Tony's radio show. Now, of course, Jimbo will never come on our show because he doesn't want to deal with any of this. He does. Jimbo does not want to answer the questions about why he voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times and why he voted to save Kevin McCarthy and about Kevin McCarthy lying to the American people and why Jim had such terrible judgment that he voted for a guy 15 times who lied repeatedly to the American people. But Jim yesterday told Tony he was lamenting the fact that they got rid of Kevin McCarthy. And he was essentially saying, well, this was such a terrible idea and mm -hmm. this was awful and mm -hmm. there was no plan to do this or that. So what Jim Banks is saying is that it doesn't matter what the guy does in office. It doesn't matter if he lies to the American people. It doesn't matter if he doesn't follow through on his promises to get spending under control. It doesn't matter if he cuts deals with Biden, which are in direct defiance of what he promised to do. To Jim Banks, unless you have a white knight to come riding in, you must sit there and eat whatever crap mm -hmm. the Republican establishment is going to serve to you. Let me also tell you how ridiculous this whole thing is. Uh, Greggy, Greg Pence, mm -hmm. uh, you may remember him from the disastrous Keel Brothers Oil Company <laughs> um, and his reward for sticking the taxpayers with millions of dollars of environmental cleanup and a local bank not getting their money back was he got to be in Congress. Sure. He was on the news yesterday. I think it was Wish TV and then you know, there are news gathering partners. So we were playing it. And he essentially was saying, it doesn't matter what happens in the conference. I'm going to vote for whoever gets out of that conference. What if they're not very good? It doesn't matter. I'm a Republican Party team player, and whether it's Kevin McCarthy or mm -hmm. Jim Jordan, mm -hmm. I have so little morals or scruples or backbone or guidepost by which I my vote matters upon that whoever gets out of this conference, doesn't matter what I vote for in the conference or if the guy's good or bad, this is what I'm talking It doesn't matter. This is why I'm fine with the government being shut down, Casey. It doesn't matter. You've got Greg Pence admitting. I mean, I guess if Al Capone made it out of the conference, then he would vote for Al Capone. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jim Jordan says that he's still running. Round three of voting is going to happen today at 10 a.m. So I'll just say this: we made the we made the pitch to um, members on the resolution as a way to lower the temperature and get back to work. Uh, we decided that wasn't where we're going to go. 
I'm still running for speaker, and I plan to go to the floor uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues. Particularly, I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me um, so that we can move forward and begin to work for the American oh, people. So by talk with colleagues, he means make some concessions. Well, right. And and he gave this bizarre, I think that was part, I don't know if this was part of it or not. He gave this, he gave a press conference this morning. Was that the one this morning or last no, night? No, that was last night. So he gave a press conference this morning and Tony played part of it. It was this like very bizarre rambling. I mean, there was no, there was no like, I'm having a press conference because boom, there was just no, it was like, I guess I need to go out here and say something. And so he was like weaving in and out of all sorts of references and you know he was holding a napkin and uh, steely-eyed reporters zoomed in on it and there was a question handwritten on the napkin that said what is the real reason he's going to try and get to the bottom of that well look again somebody inside the house right now i don't think can get the votes in the republican caucus so You've got, and I'm going to guess, okay, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give this a week, Casey. Mm-hmm. If by Friday this is not resolved, I think you will see a group of Republicans, maybe sooner, move to Hakeem Jeffries because, and when this happens, will I be able to take a victory lap around <laughs> Monument Circle? Because I've been saying this and saying this and saying this and their votes time after time after time prove it. But I think it will be the vote, this vote may be the thing or maybe I can just scale the monument itself and fly the victory flag. I mean, I'm not going to spray paint it like the noble protesters sure. did during 2020. I just maybe just go up to the go up to the top. Um, well, what would be the worst thing to happen? I might get a meet and greet with the governor. <laughs> maybe he'll let me write part of an influential uh, uh, bill that tells law enforcement what to do. Um, that when these Republicans join with Hakeem Jeffries, because right now the idea that they're going outside the House is not likely. The most likely outcome is Republicans will team with the Democrats to pick a Democrat-endorsed speaker. Will then we now finally be able to say, there is no difference, these people all hate you equally, and you should throw every single one of them out. It is 17 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates got into a fight. We're going to talk about that. And also, your president was on TV last night. How did he do? Big show. Stick around. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 22 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Jim Jordan, he lost GOP support in his second consecutive failed vote for House Speaker. And this comes after, of course, Kevin McCarthy is blaming Matt Gates for all of his failures. There's like this little childish, petulant fight going on between these two. And and the fight is, I mean, just, you know, to be clear for, to everybody, Kevin McCarthy did not uphold the promises he made in order to secure the speakership. It is like, and I, I don't I'm trying to think of an example in the workplace. If you, if you're steal a line from animal house, if you're on double secret probation <laughs> and your boss tells you, okay, you're going to, you're going to stay employed here. But the moment you do the next, this thing, the next time, I have the right to remove you from this employment. Do you understand? Yes, absolutely. So you still want to keep working here? Yes. You understand that the terms of the employment are this? Yes, absolutely. 
and then you go do the thing and have a toga party. Yeah, and then you're you're told, and your boss is okay. Hey, that's it. You the last chance. We warned you. These mechanisms were in place. Everybody was in agreement. You're out of here. Well, what do you mean? And the Republicans are behaving like this. These establishment Republicans because lying is in their DNA. They've gotten away with it for so long that their word means nothing to them. And that's why it's disgusting to hear people like Jim Banks go on Tony's show and lament as though Matt Gates is the bad guy for holding Kevin McCarthy accountable to the terms of his employment. Mm -hmm. I do not, uh, it tells you everything you need to know. When you couple in how hard Jim Banks is fighting to keep John Rust from running for public office against him and how much he is still in a sickening fashion lamenting the end of Kevin McCarthy, boy, if somehow John Rust gets on the ballot next year, that should give you real pause about voting for Jim Banks because he is more concerned that the that the guy got held to accountability of the terms of his employment. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he is more concerned that somebody held him to account than what the guy actually did. Yeah. If Kevin McCarthy had held the spending in check, if Kevin McCarthy had been willing to shut the government down, we he would still we be, he'd still be the speaker. Right. We wouldn't be dealing with any of this. Yes. Okay. So Jordan got 199 votes, and Hakeem Jeffries got 212 votes. All of the House Democrats were united in voting for the minority leader. And apparently, behind closed doors, there was a bit of a, a of a brouhaha. Oh. Yeah. So Kevin McCarthy was telling Matt Gates to sit down. Kevin McCarthy's saying that Matt Gates was trying to interrupt him, and uh, here's his side of the story. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I was at the mic, I was speaking, and Matt Gates tried to interrupt his hand, so I told him to sit down, and he sat down. What's your deal? I think. No, I told him to sit down. I, th- I think the entire conference screamed at me. People are, listen, we, the whole country, I think, would scream at Matt Gates right now. Remember, it was a crazy eights led by Matt Gates and every single Democrat that put us into this situation. Uh, we've never been in this situation before, but how do you have 4% of your conference remove a speaker when 96% are there? This is why we're here. He had no plan afterwards. Uh-huh. Now we have... Israel at a war, questions whether Congress can act, uh, questions where we'd be able to go to select a new speaker. I mean, it's a difficult situation driven by one person for his own personal beliefs, his own animosity towards me, and his concern about what's inside an ethics complaint that was filed before I was even speaker. Okay, time out. Casey, <laughs> we, need to, we need to go to a break because yeah. I'm going to need more than the one minute I think I've still got left here. To, you have some thoughts? Well, no one expected this to be pretty. Don't you love that he is such Billy Badass with with Matt Gates, but yet he rolled over and played dead with Joe Biden? Again, these people keep telling you who they are. Listen to them. If you are a conservative, stop voting for Republicans. If you are a conservative, stop voting across the board for these Republicans. They do not like you. Kevin McCarthy is more mad at Matt Gates mm-hmm. for the holding him to the deal that he made yep. than he is Joe Biden, whose spending is driving people to the poorhouse. We got to take a break because I'm going to get going. And you know, once I get going, I'm not going to stop. And then Kurt Darling's going to yell at me for being late to the news. <laughs> but, well, uh, stick and, around. And, and you want to you talk about spending? 
Oh, boy, we've got some big numbers. They all start with B, too. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. It is 9.32. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Kevin McCarthy, the former Speaker of the House, when he was leaving the Speaker's office, he had a message for Jim Jordan, and he said, fight through it. Don't give up right away. All right. So last segment, we played this audio, and I heard it, and I was you know, doing the thing that I do where I start getting ready to <laughs> mm-hmm. do... Go off the rails? Yes, thank get you. Get some high blood pressure? And then I looked at the clock and I thought, Kurt Darling, because I don't even think... Is it Kurt Darling doing the news today? He's getting married, I think, this weekend. Yeah. So he's probably probably not Kurt Darling. Anyway, you know how those news people are. I mean, they're just like... You know, they, they want to be on time. They can screw up your broadcast. And, oh, sorry about that. We're award-winning. You go two seconds long. <laughs> a, a letter is sent to our immediate supervisor about how they were inconvenienced. So um, I uh, I said, let's make sure we get out, and then we'll come back, and we'll mm-hmm. – because this, this, this Kevin McCarthy audio is just everything – you need to know, and if you let these people talk long enough, they will tell you what they are. So Kevin McCarthy was addressing a, a, a GOP conference. Right. He was talking to some people. And Gates may or may not have stood up and had something to say, and then McCarthy got— Told him to sit down. Yeah, all right. So here's McCarthy's description of what happened, and then we'll address this. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I was at the mic. I was speaking, and Matt Gates tried to interrupt his hand, so I told him to sit down, and we sat down. What's your deal? I think— it, no, I told him to sit down. I, th- I think the entire conference screamed at me. People are, listen, we, the whole country, I think, would scream at Matt Gates right now. Remember, it was a crazy eights led by Matt Gates and every single Democrat that put us into this situation. Uh, we've never been in this situation before. But how do you have 4% of your conference remove a speaker when 96% are there? Okay, this all is right, why all right, we're here. Good, he good, no- okay, all right. So, first of all, <laughs> In his mind, mm-hmm. the promises I made to the American people, and this is what, how often do we tell you this about the Republicans, they mean absolutely nothing. Kevin McCarthy lost his speakership because he did not do what he promised. So first of all, there's that. He was held to account. Yep. Finally, nobody ever holds the Republicans to account for anything, but he was held to account. And in his mind, well, everyone's going to hate the guy that actually made me stand true to my word. And if you joined with him, well, you're a crazy person. If you are one of these people, these suckers who actually think your word matters in politics, well, you're a crazy person. Right, you call them the crazy eights. And uh, I just love that, you know, what do you say? We're in this position. No, we're in this position because of you. We're in this position not because of Matt Gates. We're in this position because you lied. Stop voting for these people. Stop voting for these Republicans. Make them. I heard Tony doing this this morning, and I like Tony, and he's a, a very good broadcaster, but he was finger wagging at the audience today about having to vote for Jefferson Shreve. Well, it's better than Hogsett. By like 0.5%, maybe? We don't know. I, I cannot disagree with him more. And Hammer, I think, is in be- is in agreement with me on this topic now about rolling over and playing dead for whatever establishment Republican the donor and lobbyist crowd throws at us. The Jefferson Shreve stuff is the same thing going on here. Mm-hmm. It's always, well, will, blah, blah, blah. And then they get in there and they don't. And they go, oh, what? You, you took us at our word on that? 
if if the person is not going to do the stuff necessary to fix the problems, which nobody, there is not one solitary person who's being intellectually honest with you who thinks Jefferson Shreve has a single... He's running ads about the treatment of animals now, Casey. Yeah. There's not one person who believes in his, in their core that Jefferson Shreve is the fighter necessary to fix Indianapolis. And his policies have been about how you, the law-abiding citizen, are the bad guy. I could not disagree with Tony more that you have to roll over and vote for these people because the other side is so bad. Same thing here. I could care less if it takes one day, one, one hour, one week, one year for this thing to get resolved because the government, the society will be better if there is no House of Representatives right now. Well, at least they can't spend any more money. And that's exactly what Joe Biden is requesting Congress to do. These numbers are astonishing. $14 billion for Israel, $60 billion for Ukraine, $10 billion for general humanitarian aid, $7 billion for the Indo-Pacific, $100 million for Gaza, $14 billion to process illegals faster at the border. Your tax dollars at work right there. And you watch, Casey. I, I told you, I said, I, I'll give this a week. It may be faster than a week. But the, there will be enough Republicans who are going to team up. Now, I'm not going to say Hakeem Jeffries will be the actual speaker. Mm-hmm. But there will be a deal struck between these uh, liberal re- Republicans. I would say Republicans in name only. But I think these people actually represent the Republican Party. I think they're cons- kind of the conservatives now are the Republicans in name only because the power structure of the Republicans are these big government liberals. It's true at the at the federal level. It's true at the state level. It's true at the at the local level. Uh, so I, I, but they will team up with Jeffries. They will strike some sort of deal, and they will use Ukraine. And they will use... Uh, well, they already are. Kevin McCarthy was already saying that. Now we have Israel. Yep. We did not have Israel, right. the situation in Israel, when he was booted from the position. Oh, Casey, now you and your facts. Now he's using it. Uh, so, look, the, the Republicans do not care about fixing issues. They do not care about solving problems. They do not care about you. They do not care about how thing, expensive things are for you. They simply want the power. And these establishment Republicans, they don't care about the future of the country. They care about their own position. And if they view the ability to enhance their power or secure their power by striking a deal with Hakeem Jeffries, they will totally do it. No questions asked. Okay, well, for a moment there, it appeared like North Carolina's Patrick McHenry would be elected as the temporary Speaker of the House, but that didn't happen either. And Matt Gates said he didn't favor giving McHenry temporary power, and he also mentioned that he doesn't like Bud Light. <laughs> I, th- I think that... I'm against Speaker Light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional desecration to not elect a Speaker of the House. We need to stay here until we elect a Speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But but twisting and torturing the Constitution to empower a temporary Speaker is having a Speaker Light that is not constitutionally contemplated, is deeply infirm, and I will do everything possible to stop it. Okay, so without a permanent Speaker of the House, uh, they can't conduct business, they can't vote on resolutions, and that does include that money for Israel, and uh, they're set to shut down on November 17th, oh, no. unless a spending deal oh, that'd can be, be reached. Oh, yeah, no. I know, oh, you're really oh, upset oh. about this. Okay, so uh, last night, Biden delivered a primetime foreign policy speech to the country, and one of the things he said was that Iran is supporting Hamas. Just a reminder, last month, Biden unlocked a $6 billion 
billion dollar gift for Iran. The risk of conflict and chaos could spread in other parts of the world, in the Indo-Pacific, in the Middle East, especially in the Middle East. Iran is, is supporting Russia in Ukraine, and it's supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region, and will continue to hold them accountable, I might add. Did you watch him? No. 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 Why would I do that to myself? At Casey? one point, I had it on the TV, and the dude was like, I, I can't. I just, I can't. I have to walk away. And so he did. He walked away, and then I had it on the computer and on the TV, so it was double Biden. It was torturous. Well, But I- he, he failed to explain how... 30 Americans were killed and more than a dozen were held hostage. Well, and you made a great point here is that uh, you just gave these people $6 billion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like something where you said, boy, Iran is is an international sponsor of terrorism and violent, torturous regimes across the world. Boy, we didn't see that one coming. He, kn- he knew what, he wa- what they were and he gave them the $6 billion, the same way as you had any reasonably intelligent person, obviously that excludes Biden, would know that if we just packed up and left Afghanistan, the maniacs were going to take over and all that equipment we left Mm -hmm. behind was going to end up in Mm -hmm. the hands of terrorists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, weakness begets weakness. 942, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Kendall and Casey are on 93 WIBC. Yesterday, you went to a big shindig. Yeah. Some longtime friends of yours got married, yeah. and you got seated next to a lender. Yeah, so one of the things they did, so there was a fairly, uh, I say high profile, like you wouldn't know, our regular people in our audience wouldn't know this person's name, but inside the state house, he's pretty well known. Um, and they're like, well, he's politics and robber politics. We should put these two guys right. together. Put them at the table together. And I know the guy, and he's been very nice to me, and the stuff he works with isn't really anything that I complain about on the regular. But it's like, anytime it's someone from the state house, mm-hmm. it's like, well, can't be a drunk slob at this wedding. <laughs> Got to be on my best behavior. Do you like go down a list of uh, who can we talk about? Who do we both like? Who do we both uh, not get along with? It was fine. He's got young kids, and so we mostly talked about that. And then, we, yeah, we talked a little bit about in the government. He's... He knows what's going on, and he knows what is taking place in the state house, and he's there to do his job. But he's not like defending, like, "Oh no, this is really great; these record budgets and record taxation." So we had a fine conversation. But the point was, it's like, well, if I've got to be sober and behave myself, I'm going to get to know all these people here who who can do whatever they want mm-hmm. at this wedding because I can't do anything nice, Casey. Um, and one of the guys was a, a lender for a very well-known multi-state lending institution and so we started talking about uh eight percent yeah mortgage rate interest rates Mm -hmm. and um we were talking about i said hey like where does this end what what is the end game for this and he said unfortunately i don't see this ending anytime soon because there is just simply not enough inventory and people will still find a way to get into a home somehow, even if financially it is far more crippling for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. to go that way versus where they were, um, you know, maybe a year ago if they had bought a house. Because he said the rent is becoming as equally ridiculous. It's not like, well, renting is so affordable now, and boy, these houses right, are just so out of control. Right, so if you're going to pay equitable amount of money, you might as well... Right. Get some equity out of it. Right. He said the the interest rates rising 
because of the demand versus availability. Mm-hmm. And when we talk when we talk about demand versus availability, remember, and I think you had just started here, we were still having this conversation. If you're buying a $300,000 house for $375,000, but you were told at the time, yeah, but interest rates are so low that uh, it's going to be lower than if you had bought it at $300,000 two or three years ago, which in many cases, these sort of arguments were actually valid, right? Like an interest, conceivably, a $375,000 home at 2%, is going to be a cheaper interest payment for you or monthly payment yep. than if you had bought a $300,000 home at, say, 5.5%. Right. That's a, you know, you weren't being lied to. But the reality then becomes when you try to move off of that property, you can't sell it for what you, what you paid for it because you, you bought it on the premise of a low interest rate. Or if you can, it's going to take you forever because you've got to find the people who can actually get finance to make these payments. Well, now you're locked into this property, which means there are not as many available properties. And so you have seen this vicious cycle where normally when interest rates rise, prices drop. But he said that is not happening. Right, prices and, are not dropping right now. And he said it is not happening for the foreseeable future. And in fact, he said... He anticipates prices continuing to rise Uh, even as interest rates rise. Now, other part of this, which was interesting, his wife worked in insurance, like homeowners insurance. mm -hmm. And, of course, I've had my little- You had a big discussion about that, I'm sure. And I've become very, very, very knowledgeable about insurance lately, Casey. And I was asking her about her side of this. And she said the problem then becomes as prices elevate and interest and the the loan payments rise- it becomes harder to, one, get people approved Mm -hmm. for insurance, and two, the cost of the insurance is going up, up, which makes it harder for people to be able to afford to be insured the home. Yeah. And so it's like they essentially said, uh, we're totally screwed, and it's not getting better anytime soon. Well, everybody keeps saying, if you're going to buy a house, now is the time to do it, because it's just not going to get any better. Well, that's absolutely what he said. He said, if you're a person who is banking on, hey, because of these rising interest mm-hmm. rates, it's going to get, uh, it's going to sta- stabilize the, the market and prices. No, it has cooled demand a little bit, it appears, in terms of just, hey, everybody's throwing themselves into the market. Here's the other thing that he told me, and this should scare the hell out of everyone. And we talked about this, I think you and I talked about this last year when we had first started looking at homes, or I think it was even before you got here. We were going, my wife, then girlfriend at the time, we were going to look at houses. And we would go to these houses, and you would go on a Saturday, and they would say, all offers are due by Monday. Right. And you'd say, wait a second, I'm not going to make you an offer. There was one else we looked at where there was literally moss growing out of the roof. And I said, I got to get that roof looked at. Nope, all offers are due Monday. There's no way I can get somebody out here by Monday. Well, then I guess you just can't make an offer because all offers are due. Or you can, but you just got to risk it. Well, right. And so what came out at the time was all of these mega corporations were buying these homes Mm -hmm. and then turning them into rental properties, which is why rent was skyrocketing. Yep. And what he was telling me now is happening is it's not so much mega corporations, but because the buying power in Indiana is so much greater than, say, a place like California, people who have California levels of disposable income are now buying homes in Indiana 
and using them as rental. So it's no longer mega corporations. It's, it's indi- individuals. individuals who are, and they are, so they are keeping the prices higher because the interest rate doesn't really matter. If you're a person that has, say, I'm just making up a number here. If you've got $5 million cash on hand, which that may sound like a lot of money, it's really not that much anymore, especially if you live in a place like California. Your investment and what you can get for your money when you eliminate and extrapolate the interest payment, if you take that out of the equation, what you can turn around and rent that house out for is going to be a much better investment potentially than putting it in the stock market or some locked mm-hmm. interest thing. Mm-hmm. And so he said these people are art- from other states are artificially driving the prices up. Yeah, because they're looking for alternative investment options yeah. and real estate is it. If you've got the cash to do it. What a great way to go. Now, Powell just came out, the Fed, and he said that inflation is still high. And that, does that mean that another hike is on the way? But they, and you know, we have been talking about this for two and a half years now, Casey. You cannot raise your way out of inflation alone. Mm -hmm. The government has to participate in stopping this just egregious level of spending. You cannot... simply just raise interest rates and say, oh, it'll go away. Look at what you saw in the the late 70s and early 80s. Interest rates were through the roof. Inflation was still sky high. There are a host of issues that go into inflation, and a primary driver of it is government spending and the government's printing of money. You realize, I saw a statistic, and I don't know if it, what is it? It's like three or four years, within three or four years, our national debt will 40 be- 40 trillion? Yeah, four, over $40 trillion. Yeah, well, I mean, hello, $14 billion for Israel, $60 billion for Ukraine, $10 billion for general humanitarian aid, $7 billion for Indo-Pacific, $100 million for Gaza, $14 billion for illegals at the border. I mean, we're talking B, billions. So I just want to get on the record, Casey, mm-hmm. that- even though you did the template last night, yeah. I was still working <laughs> on behalf of our show. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I thought that- Good information. Well, I thought it was just a really just fascinating conversation from people who are in the know about this stuff and they don't have any vested interest in spinning some sort of tale to me. So uh, their, their word, not getting any better anytime soon and good luck, pal. Hey, speaking of diversifying, I saw this story and I thought of you and your dad. If you're a fan and you can't afford the 12.6 million 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle baseball card. You can now buy shares of his boyhood home for seven dollars. Seven bucks? Yeah. Is that a, that's in Oklahoma, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Commerce, Oklahoma. Yeah, Commerce, Oklahoma. Yeah. Hey, I guarantee your husband gets in on that. I guarantee. <laughs> hey, honey, I bought seven thousand shares of Mickey Mantle's childhood I home. A fraction of a house in Oklahoma for seven bucks. Mickey Mantle used to live there. Well, that sounds like a good investment. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.